Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. I'm glad you're joining us today. Uh, it is Monday, December 23rd. We are getting in the the heat, the heart of the uh, holiday season here, so I'm glad that you are um, still downloading and listening while you're out doing your Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's and all that, uh, you know, whatever you celebrate this time of year that you're, uh, you're out running around. Um, I'm going to start off by apologizing for any background noise you get. There are some very aggressive leaf blowers here that I've been waiting for them to stop, but it's been going on for a couple hours now and I'm tired of waiting to record the show. So apologies if the sound quality isn't what you're used to on this podcast. Um, I assure you this is a temporary thing. All right. Today we're talking about All I've Got to Do, a Beatles song written by John and it was released November 22nd, 1963 on the With the Beatles album. It was track two on that album. And this is kind of an obscure song. Um, they recorded it in 14 takes all in uh, one day. Uh, the take 15 was an overdub take that they essentially used. Nobody knows what that overdub was. Um, it was probably the opening chord guitar. Um or maybe some background vocals, but essentially they did the whole thing in 14 or 15 takes. And um, a lot of those takes were false starts because they were working this out in the studio. John brought it in. Nobody would heard it before, uh, which kind of makes it um, uh, even a little bit cooler because there's some, some cool arrangement stuff here that these guys were just making up on the spot. And they're cool arrangement things that we haven't heard from the band to this point. So, um, so yeah, so they, they, they record it. Uh, one writer online stated that the, after the date of recording, I believe it was ni- uh, September 11th, 1963. After that day, they never thought about this song again. They rarely talk about it. John Lennon, I, I found one quote from John Lennon about it. Um, talking about how he wrote it with the American audience in mind. And it was his attempt at being Smokey Robinson, which I think he succeeds at. It's a very Smokey Robinson type song, um, a very, very Smokey Robinson type vocal delivery. Uh, they never did it live. It's never been on a greatest hits package. It was never a B side to a single. This, this song has lived in obscurity. And so if you've never heard it before, you're sitting here thinking, um, um, and all I've got to do is thank you, girl. That's a different song. So if you're thinking of that one, go to the Spotify playlist that we've got set up or pull up with the Beatles and listen to All I've Got to Do because it's a very different song. All right. So it's kind of lived in obscurity and there's some cool moments in it. First off, I want to clear up something that the internets have wrong. I found on several places where they say that the opening chord is an E suspended four. And that's just not the case. So an E suspended four would be an E, an A, and a B. Which is not the case at all. Um, the actual chord, it's uh, an E augmented chord with a 9 and an 11 added on top. All right, And whenever you see uh, anything that says add 9, add 11, the reason they say that, the reason that that's... An, an add nine instead of just an E augmented nine, because you'll see it both ways. When it says add nine, that means that you are just adding the notes on top um, of the original triad. 
when it just says nine, it means that you're also adding the seventh. All right. So if they would have said um, E augmented 11, it would have had the flat seven on it too. But when they say E augmented, add nine, add 11, you're taking that E augmented chord and specifically adding those two extra chord tones. So it is a little different um, based on how they write it. So it's essentially an E augmented 11 chord, but without the um, seventh scale degree. All right. So what we've got then, and the cool thing that proves my point is that George actually plays the, the chord in order of scale degree um, on the guitar descending from the bottom. So the lowest note he hits is an E, that's your root. Then he does a G sharp, that's your third. So already right there, that, that takes out the E sus4 because an E sus4, the fourth is replacing the third. It's not in addition to the third. Okay? Um, so we got an E and a G sharp. So that's your root, your three. We have a B sharp. The B sharps. It's a Simpsons reference. Um, we have a B sharp, which is your augmented five. Then we have an F sharp. That's your nine. And then we have an A. So there is an A in it, but it's not a suspended fourth. It's actually the 11th. All right, um, because if you think about it, two is the same as nine, four is the same as an 11. Um, so the A is there, but to call it an uh, E sus, uh, sus four, it, first off, it, it takes out the F sharp. Secondly, it takes out the G sharp, and it just doesn't sound right. That's not a cool opening chord, but when he plays it, we've got E, uh, root, three, sharp five, nine, eleven. And it's very similar to the opening chord in O Darling, um, which is just an E augmented. So that's a little bit simplified. Um, and here they're using it as an extension of the key, but in O Darling, they're using it as uh, an alternate dominant because the, the song is in A, but they're opening it on that E chord. All right, so that's right out of the gate. If I still got you with me, because I know that was a lot of music theory nerdery. But that's a beautiful chord. E augmented, add 11, or add 9, add 11. And then... For the verse, instead of, you know, he could have easily done that chord and still gone to the one. But instead, he uses that as the pickup bar. Um, whenever I... And then goes to a uh, six chord, C sharp minor. Then to one, then back to six, then a two chord, and then maybe the coolest chord uh, move in the entire song, he goes to a minor four. All right, so in the key of E, the four chords should be major. 
It should be an A major chord. And every every chord he's played to this point has been in the key of E. He's not borrowing chords here. So the chord should be call you on the phone and you'll come running home. Yeah, that's all I wanna do. But that minor chord shift there and the major or a minor four is not a crazy thing. You, you, you hear that a lot in pop songs. Usually it's a major chord to a minor. You hear that all the time. Um, dating back to the 30s, right? The minor four is not crazy. But it's such a cool shift for you to go to uh, and, and the way he attacks the because uh, he's still playing. He's singing an F sharp on top of it. So he's singing a sixth. So it's basically an A minor six. Uh, And he has he kind of maintains that F sharp. Yeah, that's all I wanna do. Right. So he's uh he's holding on to that six. It's a cool little movement. And then there's no real chorus on this tune, just a refrain that we hear twice. And the refrain is also pretty straight ahead. Um it there's a pickup bar in E. And then he goes A, four chord. Now we're in the major four. To C sharp minor is a six. And then A again, four chord. To E, which is a plagal cadence, which um, for you classical fans is the Amen chorus at the end of every hymn. The Amen. So he ends the, the refrains with that very classical cadence. All right. And then here's the other thing that's weird about it. The verse, and this is this all kind of depends on how you analyze it. Because the way it's written, I could argue for two different things. So the verse is 10 bars long with a pickup. Or I will accept the argument that it's just 11 bars long. Because the pickup um, is three beats long. So... Uh, the, the pickup is three beats long and the band plays the band hits on the downbeat of one at the end of the phrase. So technically there are 11 full bars of music in the verse. Okay. So we can, you could argue that either way, but either way, that's, that's strange. Usually it's eights or twelves, not tens or elevens. Um, and then the refrain is nine bars, or again, we can make the argument that it's 10 bars. Uh, again, not an eight or a 12. So this is a very strange arrangement for a song that they were pulling together live in the studio with no real rehearsal. And then on top of that, so you've got George's great guitar um, chord up front, which is a chord only he knows how to play. John does not pull that chord out of his back pocket. That is a that is a uh, what he would later call a naughty chord um, that is distinctly George. 
you've got John delivering one of the best vocal deliveries of the early Beatles and it's single tracked. It's not, you know, drowning in delay and slap back and everything. And, and his voice on this sounds great. He's got some inflections that he varies the refrain with. Um, it's in a good range for this type of song. He didn't write it too high or too low. It's, it's a phenomenal John Lennon vocal for anybody who doesn't think John was a great vocalist for rock and roll music. This is a great song to really analyze and dig deep on how good a vocalist he was, uh, including John. He'd be the first to tell you he wasn't that good. Um, Paul does something cool that some people claim is a first. I'm not going to back up because he didn't invent the technique, so I'm not going to say that he was the first to do it in rock and roll, but he might have been. He's doing, during the, the quiet parts, he's doing double stop power chords. Actually, it'd be C sharp. Um, underneath the verse, whenever I... which adds, even though it's a soft song with not a lot going on, it adds some like moodiness and darkness to it. He's just playing roots and fifths. Okay, but it's cool. We haven't heard Paul do it yet. And possibly we haven't heard anybody do it yet to this point in time. And then Ringo's doing um, kind of a simplified version of what he will do on In My Life two years later. Another John ballad. Where normally, uh, you have to think in 1963. Okay, either the song has no drums or it's got drums. All right, and and typically it would be like one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and there'd be you know whenever I right and a check right there'd be drums playing. What he does is the most sparse arrangement on kit that he's done to this point. It's a bass drum on the downbeat of one, the hi hat on the upbeat of two. So he doesn't hit two at all, which is one of the backbeats that a rock drummer would hit. Two and four are always hit. He hits on the end of two, a snare on four, and then a bass drum on the end of four. So he's basically going boom, boom, bump, 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 bink, bump, bump. Um, and it's such a cool effect and then adds so much contrast when we get to the refrain and he actually does a regular, you know, rock and roll drum beat. So I've always liked this song. I haven't dug too deep into it before today. And I've surprised at how much is actually there for it being kind of a um, lost forgotten Beatles song. So go and check it out. It's like I said, it's on with the Beatles. Um, If you swing by herohabit.com, Uh, Under the podcast link, you'll see the Kinks and Beats page. We have a Spotify playlist that has all of this week's songs already published there. So spoiler alert, you can listen to the songs now before you listen to the podcast and kind of get it refreshed in your head. So go ahead and follow that if you're on Spotify. Um, And yeah, have a listen to this one. It's a good one. I don't like the stereo mix on it, but that, uh, that is for another podcast, I suppose. Give me an email, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com or call me at 925-494-1739 and talk about 
your favorite or least favorite Beatles and Kinks music, um, or just call and say hi. If you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it, call and say hello. All right. I will see you guys tomorrow, Christmas Eve, with a very special Kinks Christmas song that I know you all love. All right. Have a great day, guys. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.